0: Are listening to the Calvary Church podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: All of this leading up to our new series on prayer. Uh, last month, we did a series on the Gospels, and I so enjo- enjoyed that. The Bible nerd in me was just very happy to um, be academic a little bit. And uh, so this this month is going to be very different. We're going to use um, Mark Batterson's, one of his newest books, I think it is still the newest, uh, Whisper. Uh, You guys are probably familiar with Mark Batterson. He wrote The Circle Maker, which is actually required reading if you went through uh, Membership 101. Um, He's a wonderful writer. And I just want to begin by saying that this is not a typical series on prayer. Okay, so that whole whisper, what in the world does that mean? We're loud Pentecostals when we pray. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you. But um, this idea of a fresh approach, maybe uh, a re-looking, re-examining of your approach to God and maybe your prayer life, because the idea is to maybe get you to think about it in a different light, to look into Scripture. Because the truth of the matter is, God is always speaking to us. The Bible's very clear about that, but sometimes we're not listening or we're not prayerful and that's the surest way to miss the voice of God in our lives and so I'm going to introduce the topic tonight and then the next two weeks we are going to get further into the book and so let's begin with this question how do you and I hear from God? For most of us we don't hear an audible voice. I sure would like to, would you? But for most people at least that I talk to they don't have that experience, even though God does speak to them at different times in our walk with God. We find ourselves wrestling with some very heavy questions within us: Why isn't God speaking to me right now? Why isn't God answering this prayer? It's a good prayer. It's a prayer according to His word, according to His will. Or, or one of the more uh, intense ones is: Was that God talking, or was that me? Have you ever had that? Oh God, if that was you, I'll do it. But I don't know, was it me? If you've ever asked those questions, then hopefully this series is going to help you and encourage you and give you some instruction. But I don't think it's a stretch to say that all of us have faced these specific questions in very desperate times in our lives. What about the times, though, when we are praying? We're praying fervently. We are praying consistently, and yet sometimes we feel like there are crickets in our prayer closet because we're not hearing anything back, or maybe we don't feel like God is responding to the specificness of our prayers. And so I want to open this series the way that Mark Batterson opens his book, Whisper, with a lesson in science. All right? Dr. Alfred Tomatis was a French otolarynologist. Say that five times fast. I just got through it. I'm so thankful. Okay. And that type of physician deals with conditions of the ear, the nose, and the throat. Interestingly, this doctor's father was an opera singer. After almost 50 years of experience in the field as an ENT specialist, he came across the most perplexing case of his career. A renowned opera singer had mysteriously lost his ability to sing certain notes that were well within his range. This opera singer that came to Dr. Tomatis was in a major life crisis. I mean, his his career is in free fall because all of a sudden he's not able to sing like he used to be able to sing. And so that begs the question, how can somebody, a professional singer, lose their ability to sing certain notes? How could a professional singer's vocal range and their sound be lost without explanation? And so this opera singer had actually been to many specialists before they met Dr. Alfred Tomatis. And all of those specialists came to the same conclusion. This was a vocal problem. Sorry, something's wrong with your voice. But Dr. Tomatis was different in that he thought otherwise, and so he used a sonometer and discovered that an opera singer produces sound waves up to 140 decibels at a meter's distance. And for those of us not familiar with how sound is measured, this means that an opera singer's sound is slightly louder than a military jet taking off. That's really loud. Thank God I I don't know people who sing that loud. But anyways, so imagine how much louder that sound would be in a person's skull. And so this groundbreaking discovery that this doctor made led to an incredible diagnosis for this professional singer. This opera singer had become deafened by the sound of his own voice. According to Dr. Alfred, selective muteness was caused by selective deafness. And while this seems a bit bizarre, the explanation is actually pretty simple. If you can't hear a note, then you can't sing a note. And so the doctor put it this way, the voice can only produce what the ear can hear. And this discovery is known as the tomatis effect. And so as a result of this groundbreaking discovery and diagnosis 60 years ago, Dr. Tomatis developed an educational program that aims at stimulating the brain through the auditory system in order to restore someone's hearing and someone's listening. This is called the Tomatis Method. This brilliant man dedicated his life and his career to perfecting this method in order to effectively help people who suffer from communication, attention, and learning problems, a method that is still used today. Pretty amazing. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 9 contains what I believe to be one of the most powerful statements in scripture. Speak, Lord, your servant Is listening. Could it be that there are times when the Lord is speaking to us and we are not listening? Does our prayer life at times become our daily monologue to God where we talk and He listens to us? And so tonight I want us to consider this question Are we not hearing His voice because we cannot hear it? Above our own. Maybe in our desire to pray about everything, that is certainly biblical, to cover it all, we forget that part of prayer is actually listening. Be still and know that I am God. Maybe we've misunderstood what it means to be prayerful, our needs are desperate. Our time is limited, and so we vent and we plead with God when we can. But we do not use some of that precious time, that limited time, to hear what he wants to say to us. And so I'm not saying this tonight to shame us or to guilt trip us into some radical revamping of our devotional time. But I'm asking us to reflect on this intimate, necessary part of prayer because God wants to speak to us. And as we study this in Scripture these next two weeks, I believe it's very clear that God is speaking. He already is talking to us. He uses different means to get our attention, and He wants to assure you tonight of His nearness and His awareness of your needs. But if we are not listening, If we are not paying attention, we can miss it completely. Because you see, our voice, the media, the crisis in our lives, our jobs, our carnality, the enemy of our souls, all can become so loud that we cannot hear what God is saying. In our series on technology and the cross last year, we talked about the need for balance in our lives and the fact that noise and distraction can actually affect our relationship with God in our day-to-day. And so to illustrate this point in one of the lessons that I taught, I had Forrest play an audio clip with all of these familiar beeps and ringtones from smartphones, and I didn't say anything about it. It was a great social experiment standing up here. And so I was just talking about how important it was to hear from God, to have a relationship with God, and in the background of me talking were all these dings and alarms, and it was so funny to stand here and watch people physically react. Like, some people were looking down, some people were looking around in judgment, like, who is that? Turn off your phone, because things have happened like that before, and it was just this confusion, and to be real honest as a speaker, I knew it was coming on. It was my idea. It was very hard to keep talking with all of that distraction, let alone people around us being able to hear what I was trying to say. So if you feel like it's been a while since you received a clear word from the Lord, or maybe you've been distraught by what seems to be silence on God's end of the prayer line, be encouraged tonight because you're not alone. There are people in this room who've experienced that. There are people in this room who are experiencing it right now. But you're actually in very good company. I would say great company because the Bible is full of people who had that experience in their relationship with God. And Elijah was one of those people. Now to say Elijah was a powerful man of God is a horrible understatement. Elijah was a man of faith. He led God's people away from the worship of Baal. He stood up to ruthless leaders. He called fire down from heaven. God used him to do the miraculous, including raising the dead. He led a school of prophets. I mean, how legit is Elijah? I mean, he's at the top of the list of cool, powerful Bible people. Some actually thought that John the Baptist was Elijah brought back from the dead. People wouldn't be surprised if he made his way back from the afterlife. He was that anointed. He was that amazing. In fact, when Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? What's what's the word out there? One of the answers was, Some say you're Elijah. And Elijah was present on the Mount of Transfiguration along with Moses. Elijah was close to God and God used his life to accomplish powerful things, supernatural things. Yet in 1 Kings 19 we find Elijah struggling. He is desperate for God to answer his prayer and he wants to hear his voice. Let's look at it together. 1 Kings chapter 19 beginning at verse 9. Now Ahab Told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid. And ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Sometimes we need a good nap. I don't know about you. I get really negative when I'm tired. So good old Elijah, he just passed out. He couldn't take it anymore. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword, and I am the only one left. Was not in the fire, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. There are so many amazing things that we can glean from this passage, but first, we see clearly the humanity of Elijah, the powerful prophet. In the previous chapter, in 1, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, it's the incredible story of the showdown that happened at Mount Carmel. Remember, Elijah is on this incredible spiritual high because the prophets of Baal have built their altar. They are so desperate, they're cutting themselves because nobody's answering their prayer. And Elijah is taunting them He must be asleep. Cry louder. I mean, he's mocking them. And then he even digs trenches around his altar. He fills them with water. He douses his uh, sacrifice with water. He is feeling so bold, so brave, so full of faith. Has anybody been there? Just me? Feeling so good. And then it doesn't take long for the rug to get pulled out from underneath you, and you want to hide in a cave you want to just take a nap and say, forget it. Everybody hates me. I give up. And Elijah is no different than you and I. The Bible lets us know that. And God asks him, What are you doing here? Well, Lord, I've done all this stuff and now I'm a fugitive. I'm hiding out. No one is left but me. Elijah is in a desperate place in his life. God, do something. Say something. Help me. Hide me. And God says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And so a powerful wind comes. The Bible says it's not a wind like you and I have ever experienced. It actually tore mountains and it shattered rocks. And then there was an earthquake. Can you imagine And then there's a fire. You talk about dramatic. Elijah's like, yeah! Let's take it back to Mount Carmel, God. Come on! And so I think it's fair to say that Elijah, this incredible man of God, is like, okay, God's about to speak right now. Because he's big and he's bad. And he's going to talk to me. And yet the Bible says... He's looking for the Lord, he's anticipating him, and he is not in the earthquake. He is not in the wind. He is not in the fire. But after the fire came a gentle whisper. The ESV calls it a low whisper. The NASB calls it a gentle blowing. And the KJV calls it what you're probably most familiar with, a still, small voice. I don't think that's what Elijah expected it to be in that moment. God had demonstrated his power in Elijah's life in ways that few people who have ever lived have experienced. Elijah was probably expecting something dramatic to happen to assure him that God saw him and to let him see that God was near. Yet the Bible describes in great detail in this verse that none of this was the case. Yes, it was in a whisper that God manifested himself to Elijah on Mount Horeb. Sometimes God does not answer our prayers the way that we expect. God does not answer in the same ways that he has before. God was letting that prophet know that he is not always found in the dramatic he will not always demonstrate his power to us in obvious ways. And so why a whisper, God? That seems so drastic. It would be a letdown if I was Elijah. But the specificity of the scripture should grab our attention in this moment. Think about what is required to hear someone who is whispering. Whispering requires our And whispering requires intimacy. If you're in an environment like this and somebody starts whispering, you naturally lean in. you got to get closer to the speaker. Learning to hear the voice of God is imperative in our relationship with him. Jesus said in John chapter 10, Very truly, I tell you Pharisees, anyone... But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The truth is, this is not as simple or as easy as we would like it to be. And if we're honest, I believe many of us would agree that it is easier to hear others' voices because, frankly, they are louder. It's easier to hear ourselves our own thoughts, our own perception of the situation, even our imagination that can get pretty wild sometimes. It's easier to hear other people's voices, their criticisms, their cruelty to us. And it certainly is easier at times to hear the enemy, for he is a roaring lion, Peter wrote. He is a predator. And so the question I want us to consider tonight is this. Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? And if it's not, then whose voice is? Is it yours? Is it the media? Is it your family's voice? Is it your past? Mark Batterson makes this astute observation in the book. We live in a culture where everyone wants a voice... But most have little to say. We need to listen more. Ouch. We need to be able to hear and to recognize God's voice in our lives. Because this is not just for our benefit. There are people who rely on us to hear from God. We're leading them. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we are discipling them. God wants to speak to others through our lives, and yet he must speak to us first. If we want to hear him, we need to be willing to hear everything he has to say. Because the truth is, what we want to hear and what we need to hear are sometimes very different. Hearing is a gift Think about it. If you're not able to hear something, you react adversely to it immediately. Is this thing on? What is wrong? They're not talking loud enough. We get frustrated, don't we? We get irritated. Sometimes we even get panicked if we can't hear something. Which I have to bring up one of the most classic stories of my dad in the Pasley family vault of one of the times where he unknowingly fired off a gun in his office. And Candace heard the gun shot. That's that's pretty appalling, right? You're in your home and a gun is fired. And so she ran into his office looking for blood, assuming, you know, some assault was happening. And because my dad was so quick-witted, he started talking to her. And Candace's immediate reaction was, oh my God, my ears, my ears, I can't hear, I can't hear anything. Just totally freaking out. Because not being able to hear panics us. We're supposed to be able to hear. Only he could think that quickly. In that terrible moment. And make a joke out of a really bad situation. But it's terrifying to not be able to hear. If you've ever had a swimmer's ear or a cold that clogs you up, it is just very frustrating, not pleasant at all. God chooses to speak to us in ways that require us to be close to him, close enough to hear him whisper like he did to Elijah on Mount Horeb. And maybe there are times when we are not able to hear God's voice Because everything else in our lives is just too loud. Now, I'm not suggesting anything extreme. I realize we can't lock ourselves in our room or put noise-canceling headphones on in the middle of our break room at work so that we can pray. But what I believe we see in Scripture is the fact that God speaks in ways that we don't expect. God's ways of speaking require our attention and our effort and so with that it is app time all right and so I want to make sure that everybody has someone to share with I want you to share a time in your life when God was speaking but you were not listening or you weren't aware that he was actually directing you okay so everybody pair up with somebody we've got time here to talk to one another All right. Sounds lively. I guess I'm not the only one who's missed it. (laughs) When God was speaking, I'll invite you to stand with me. Actually going to do one more thing as part of our app time tonight. I was in a... Bible study last night and we were talking about the church the New Testament church and what they did after the day of Pentecost seems very significant what did they do and the Bible lets us know that one of the things that they did was they prayed together and you read that verse I believe it's either verse 41 or 42 where they had all things common they broke bread together they they had fellowship they continued in the word and they prayed together And so we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. I'd like for you to, maybe the person that you shared with, I'd like for you to take turns sharing something on your prayer list this week. Obviously, you can choose how personal or unpersonal that is, but I want you to just, we're going to take a few minutes. It's going to be okay. We're going to pray twice. Okay, I'm going to help you through this. I knew y'all were like, nope, it's not going to happen. Yes, it is. We're going to be okay. This is biblical. We're going to pray together. But I want you to just take a minute and and talk and just share something you feel comfortable with. Letting that person know this is what I'm praying about. And then that individual is going to pray out loud for you. Okay? Okay? We can do this. This is awesome. We are growing. I I feel the growth. I feel the tension in the room. All right? So just take... Take like 10 or 15 seconds and tell them, tell whoever's first. This is one of the things I'm praying about tonight. Ben, you're off the hook because I'm not going to turn my mic off. <laughs> All right. Let's take a few seconds. <laughs> okay. You can do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So whoever is up first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead in prayer over the mic, okay? But I want you to pray out loud. There's something very powerful about hearing somebody else pray for you, okay? So let's do this together. God, we come before you with these needs. We agree together, Lord, this step of faith Maybe we're not comfortable with this, but God, your word puts a great importance on prayer, puts high priority on unity. And so God, I pray that you would help grow us as a church in this area, that we would learn with wisdom to share our needs and to take them to you on behalf of one another. And so God, I ask that as these individuals are praying right now about these things that have been shared with them, that they would feel lifted up, God, that just hearing somebody else pray for them and articulate their need to you, God, I pray that you would just encourage and lift up in ways that only your spirit can. We pray for supernatural invention. We pray for a manifestation of your power in the situation, no matter how small it might be. God, you understand our humanity and our need to know that you are with us, that you care about what we care about, and that you're at work in our lives. We need to know that. And so I pray for these individuals now, that they would get that assurance, that you would answer our request. In Jesus' name, have your way for our fellow believers, Lord, in this need in their lives this week. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So now let's switch the other person. I want you to pray for the other individual and the things they made known to you. God, we pray now for the other person in our group. We understand, Lord, that you know their need. You know the details that they didn't share with us. And so, God, I pray that your hand would rest heavy on them, that you would answer, that you would intervene. God, whatever it takes for your will to be accomplished, for us to be drawn closer to you through the situation, God, because I believe that your word is clear. There is nothing you cannot do. There is nothing in our lives that you do not concern yourself with. We cast our care on you because you care for us. I pray for strength for my brothers and sisters. I pray for angels to be assigned to them, to keep them in all of their ways, as your word has promised us. Give them wisdom. Your word says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask it of God. And so, God, we ask you, for the wisdom that they need, the decisions that they're making, the things that they're struggling with, that they would hear your voice, that they would be close enough to you to hear you should you choose to speak to them very softly, Lord, in ways that maybe they're not expecting to find an answer, God. I pray that you would be a very present help in the time of trouble in Jesus' name intervene and do what only you can do for them this week. We ask you in faith believing that we will receive in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church,